Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lipman, joined as always by Emily Cannell, Dan Volpone, and we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, you surely know him. Uh, his real name is Alexander Tominsky. Uh, you know him online as Smooth Recess at Alex Icon Tom. Uh, he is uh, known very popularly in Philadelphia because he ate 40 rotisserie chickens for 40 consecutive days in Philadelphia. Um, he's a very popular guy, and we we're very happy to be joined by him now to talk more about that uh, very special feat. Alex, how are you, Alexander? How are you doing? I feel great. I feel like my body has finally built itself back to its uh, original stature. Uh, my yeah. gut uh, seems to be pretty healthy. Um, and my overall uh, mental state is pretty good, but it's still a little bit overwhelming considering uh, the amount of interest in the whole uh, chicken uh, situation. I mean, it really took the world by storm. I mean, we just, just from our perspective, we've interviewed Kate Scott, who does the Sixers games. We've interviewed play, a guy who's on, the, who's on the Sixers now, Paul Reed, U.S. presidents, uh, you know, everybody. But we have been excited for nobody more than you, and, and we're just very happy to have you on. I'll just start off. We've got some questions for you. Uh, take us through the journey with the rotisserie chickens. How did it begin, and when did you notice that people were starting to, like, really take notice of what you're doing? Yeah, so it started quite simply. I was hungry one day before work, so I grabbed the rotisserie chicken and started eating it, and... Maybe it was like a spell of madness, but something about it seemed uh, really special. And I decided to, I decided to record each day. Um, so each day I would take a picture of the poultry and it wasn't until day 11, I decided to start sharing it publicly. And, uh, you know, I had 500 Twitter followers, so it wasn't too many people watching and then on Instagram, I'd only post it to my close friends group uh, stories. And uh, yeah, I kept doing that and then decided to really share it with the world. So I made a poster and uh, threw it up around East Passyunk mostly. And uh, that's when it really took off and started posting it on Instagram to, you know, all the people in my, uh, my friends group. And then uh, the Twitter followers started coming in and it just started to gain traction. People really enjoyed watching someone eat for some reason. Not really to, sure why. I have to ask, you know, um, like why, why, when did you set the goal of 40 days? Was that the original goal or did that kind of come into be? Uh, so the original goal was seven and then it went to 30. And then uh, the number 40 represents uh, perseverance or perseverance, whichever one, um, and rebirth, which is pretty interesting. So I felt like that was. Uh, a number that just made good sense and 40 is definitely cooler than 30. And I, I gotta ask, you know, you were very adamant that this was not a party. Uh, you know, I gotta know why. Why was this not a party? And were you worried that people were gonna make it a party? Yeah, I mean, like, I just like the idea of people quietly or just respectfully observing someone eat 
a rotisserie chicken on an abandoned pier near Walmart. Something that about that seemed a little bit more interesting than a bunch of people just pounding beers, uh, watching someone eat. Definitely made it a different vibe, which I think worked out beautifully. There's children there, there was elderly there, all sorts of different demographics. Um, just felt felt right. So how difficult was it for you to do this? Was it more difficult physically or mentally? It, <laughs> both. So. When I first started uh, eating the chicken, and I would do it in one sitting, it would take about 20 minutes. And towards the end, it took about two hours. And then that uh, the day on the pier, it was one hour. And since we're outside, the chicken dried out really, uh, really quickly, made it challenging. It was also mentally uh, difficult because when you're going to a grocery store every day and buying a rotisserie chicken, there's been days where I'm like what the fuck am I doing um, but I something came over me I was like I just got to keep doing it I, I know all the people at the grocery store probably think I'm a lunatic which I'm which I may be but um, had to push through and kind of get over that little mental uh, block for myself as well so. what was like the hardest day or stretch of days like because I imagine like you know, maybe 40 wasn't the toughest day. Like maybe it was like somewhere in the middle. Like what was the worst time? Uh, the worst time was probably day 32 to 38 because uh, that's when my body really started reacting to like the amount that's of sodium. a big stretch. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. bloated, um, had constant heartburn. My esophagus was all raw from the heartburn and the, the like the reflux. Um, and in order to even swallow the chicken, I just had to like mash it up in my mouth to make it like a paste. And it was like the only way I could swallow it. It was like, it was, it was actually really bad. But the thing that's funny is, uh, you know, all these weightlifters and whatnot, they're like, oh, I do that. I've been doing that for years. The difference is it might be easy for you, but it was hard for me. I, you know, I never said I was a hero for eating chicken. I think people just like the idea that this was a challenge for me and they decided to get, get behind that. So what were your other meals like during the day? I assume you didn't just eat chicken for 40 days. Yeah. So when I started, it was a little bit of yogurt and like a carrot or something like at the end of the night, maybe like an IPA or whatever. And then towards the end, when I started having stomach issues, I had no appetite for any food. Uh, even drinking water as much as it should have been an easy task was difficult because my stomach was just so uh, irritated and upset. It actually took like four days after the 40th day to even start to develop an appetite again. So that leads me into my question. Did you consult with any medical professionals throughout this process? Would that be cheating or like, how did that work? Uh, no, I should have, but I didn't want to psych myself out. What about I afterwards? Still, I still, I should have gotten blood work, but I haven't. <laughs> Maybe I will soon enough, but I've been, I've been trying to eat pretty healthy and drinking a lot of water and I feel good, you know, hitting the sauna every day, trying to sweat it out. You look great. I mean, you're no worse for the wear. We didn't see you before this necessarily, but you look great. I feel so great. our, uh, our podcast is called the gastroenteritis blues. It's like an inside joke about the Sixers uh, for years. have had uh, gastrointestinal issues. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, and you can pass on this. Did you have any gastro 
intestinal issues as a result of the chicken eating on a daily basis. Yeah, it was funny. It was either seldom or very uh, fluid, if that makes Got sense. It. Got it. No, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm picking there up. There was no in between. Out. Yeah, there was a... Yeah. Uh, it was a little, little bit volatile, but uh, always not a pleasurable one. Got it. Understood. Have you, uh, like, were you interested in like food challenges or like professional eating before this? Like, have you ever like, wa- like watched like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and idolized Joey Chestnut or what? No, I, I, I mean, I respect all that stuff, but uh, I don't really follow it and didn't even think of it as like one of those sort of challenges when it started. It was just something I was doing. Um, I did host an egg eating contest once, maybe like 11 or 12 years ago. That was pretty fun. You know, there was a lot of peeling to be done. My hands were all fucked up, but uh, had a good turnout for the egg eating. It was almost like the predecessor, uh, predecessor for the chicken thing. So since you uh, completed your mission, what Yeah, thank your- you for the support. Pat. Pat, oh, yeah. good to see you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'll see you later tonight. Um, hold on one second. Here, go ahead. Perfect lead into my question. Yeah, <laughs> you real. can't go anywhere anymore. It's famous. It's unreal. You could say the egg came before the chicken for him. For him, it did. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'll see me in some capacity. All right, see you. Thank you. Yeah, this stuff happens all the time. It's weird. This, this is unbelievable. Is that question, like, what is your yeah. life like now that you are, you know, famous throughout the city? Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, people come over and they, they cheer me on or they give me the thumbs up or like thumbs down. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some haters for sure. Um, but, you know, I think overall people tell me that it really brought a little bit of joy to their life. And it was like a kind of like a lighthearted, nonsensical thing that. Uh, resonated with people in different ways so I'm happy about that I do have to say it was really I don't know if you were following the Phillies in the World Series but it was really perfect timing it's like you took the city out of their like depression and gave us something to like love online and it was great yeah it was uh it was surprising the timing actually I was uh pretty happy that uh I could you know cheer up the city I was unhappy that the Phillies lost of course but I'm happy that people found an outlet to unite and uh, sort of celebrate something so you know you mentioned this is your second poultry related challenge with the you had the egg eating contest and you had the chick you had you know not a contest but your own you know chicken challenge to yourself um is there anything else I'm sure it's not chicken that you know might come in the future even if you don't know what it is now like might we see something where you know you have another challenge towards yourself coming forward the only challenge i'm working on now is living my life that's all i got mm. that's all i had in mind yeah and so this is a, a bit of a philosophical one for you obviously for you the, the eggs came before the chicken but in a, in a larger sense what came first here the chicken or the egg That's that's something I'm gonna have to keep considering. Yeah, maybe I maybe I'll have to do one more challenge to figure out, uh, like just eat raw chicken and eggs for like ten years. And then <laughs> I don't think you want to commit to that. 
So as we've mentioned, we are a Sixers podcast who just dabbles in lots of other stuff. But are you a Sixers fan? Do you have any comments on any of the, the sports seasons going on these days? Uh, you know, Philly, we we dig deep. We we drive it. And uh, I love everything Philadelphia. There's actually a few. Really, uh, we're, uh, I'm excited to say with the, the restaurant I work at, so have like a little bit of a, I don't know, not a real personal relationship, but a more uh, powerful understanding of who these people are, which is makes it pretty cool as well. Hey, but I do have to run. Is that okay? That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I'm actually sure. on the clock right now. I might get in trouble. <laughs> no, you're good. We really yeah. appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for doing this. And I'm sorry that I had to run so early, but I, I, I appreciate you guys and uh thanks for taking the time to ask me those questions no yeah, you're good man thank you so much for thank doing this work all right cool thanks guys see ya Bye. thank you well there he goes uh just just an incredible thing to happen uh that was alexander tominsky aka smooth recess at alex icon tom on twitter uh the guy who ate 40 consecutive rotisserie chickens uh that's, that's really it uh the one question we did not get to ask him i know everybody's at home wondering when are you going to ask him uh is a lamb a sheep or did you know that a lamb becomes a sheep that was the one thing i was unable to ask him so we'll have to tweet at him and, and get that on the record um all right so we're going to use our ad break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the sixers for whatever it's worth uh here's a break We're back. Um, now, this is the first time the three of us have been together uh, since Emily's big news. Emily, how are you doing? Great to see you. Um, uh, you almost surely didn't listen last week, but I tried to do a thing. I didn't I know did that listen. you ended up- I did You did? Listen. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I, you heard then, I tried to do a thing where I got, I wanted Dan to load up Instagram where he saw it and I got to see him seeing it, but you already told him. But anyway. I texted him the week before, yeah. Right. How you doing? I'm good. Great. I actually have a Dan, cold right now, so I probably sound like garbage, but. No, that's okay. Pre-podcast, Dan was saying that he had been sick recently, but Dan's back on the up and up. Getting there. Getting there. All right. Well, in the Sixers world, they just won uh, a back-to-back over the weekend um, that, you know, the last time we had a podcast, Sixers were up Schitt's Creek without a paddle, and, and I was really sure that they were going to fire Doc Rivers any day now. Turns out they win two games. What was it? Atlanta and Utah. Yeah. Back to back. And Joel just loses his mind. Loses it. Scores 101 points over two days. Um, and the Utah game in particular, he had 59 points. What was the full stat line here? 59 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, seven blocks. Uh, truly, maybe the best game I've ever watched somebody play uh individually um no other sixer could hit a shot uh it was just remarkable i've never seen anything like it um emily what were your thoughts on joel's weekend uh and and just sort of the sixers overall if you'd like yeah he i actually fell asleep partially through the utah game and then i woke up in like the third quarter and noticed that joel was like cooking and so then it wasn't like I fell asleep to like go to bed. It was like, I took a nap to stay up for the rest of the game. And then I couldn't fall asleep because I was like, so jazzed up over Joel's thing. 
Um, it was great. I guess it sounds like the Sixers had like a meeting on the plane on the way home from Atlanta, a kind of like quote unquote come to Jesus meeting. Like we have to stop fucking around and like oh is that true? Start playing. I didn't know that. Um, and it seems like it worked. I don't know. I think Tobias talks to Joel about um, kind of his demeanor. Like, I don't think, in, like, calling him out in a way necessarily, but um, just kind of reminding him that, you know, as his body language goes, as his effort goes, like, no one else is picking up to step that up because everyone looks at him. You know, like, as his goes, everyone else's goes. As his is there, everyone else's is there. Um, and I think that's very correct. You know, I think that's true. So. And I think, like, Joel seems to respond to it, as we can see. So, fine, bye, yeah. bye. I'm happy he did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Totally. I, yeah, I think, you know, he's probably one of the guys that has the respect of Joel to say that. And, um, you know, he's right. And, you know, I think you saw, you know, in the Utah game, the Sixers went down 14 um, to a Utah team who's been playing well. And the Sixers haven't, although they did beat Atlanta. Second half of a back-to-back, -back, it would be easy to, you know, maybe mail it in a little. Um, and they didn't. And, you know, really, Joel is the one who picked them up, um, which we... You know, haven't really seen him do much in games the Sixers are down that big early. Like, you know, I feel like in the NBA, everyone's always still in it, but the Sixers have felt like haven't been. You know, Sixers go down, it's over. Other teams go down, it's a long game. Sixers go down, done. But especially to, um, especially to good teams. But that wasn't the case, and I think that was a positive to see. Yeah, so I had I must have missed the either quotes or articles about uh, the meeting on the plane or 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 Tobias uh, talking to Joel, but good on Tobias for for doing that because if that helps him in that way, I think that that's like uh, for sure needed um, because uh, Dan talked uh, especially about it last week, but like Joel's body language when things aren't going well or when his shots aren't going in or when they're losing definitely is poor like it, it can it can be bad and and it's like they all go as he goes and like and that's in both ways um in terms of his play and also just like the way that he looks like he's into it like um our buddy au wrote something over the last couple of days which is like we've been miserable about the sixers season so far because he has in the you know at least in the first few games you know over the weekend he was great and so we were excited um, but I think he has a good point. And it's like, you know, even in wins when he's like struggling through them, so are we. Um, and I think it's, you know, but it's so great to see him have a career night like that and see that the whole NBA universe talking about him. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I just have not seen, you know, obviously I've not seen him have a game like that. I of course wanted him to get 60. I wanted him to get the, the triple double, the whatever. 55 point triple double didn't happen. Um, Tobias smoked a couple layups at the end that would have been Joel assist was killing me. Um, but you know, what can you do? Um, you know, Kyle Newbeck had a report right before the weekend that the Sixers are nowhere close to firing doc essentially that like there are multiple problems on the team and they're not going to fire him at least within the next few weeks. And that really took the wind out of my sails. I was like, listen, a couple more losses and Doc's out of here and, and then we can really start the season. But then they won these games and it's like, all right, lots of teams that are supposed to be good are not, are not good and 
uh, just yet. And, uh, you know, but it is, I guess I still have a little issue with like, what's the ceiling of the team with that head coach, but, um, you know, where are you guys at right now in terms of just feelings on the team overall after this weekend? Like, is the doc thing dampering your, your feelings on the team or is it more like Joel's playing better? We're getting closer to a hardened return and, and we'll see Dan, how do you feel? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the downer answer, but like, it's not that I feel negatively about this team in particular. Like, I'm excited to see Harden come back. Joel's defense has been encouraging, and Harden coming back should really help the offense. I think they're a good team. Um, it's frustrating, though, that, like, you know, this whole time, the expectations for this team have been championship. Mm-hmm. Like, the expectations have been, like, when is this team going to win? And we were hoping that's what this team could be coming into this year, like this particular roster. Um, and yeah, like, you know, Maxie's not hitting shots. Like, yeah, I think that'll come, but like Tucker hasn't given him a lot. And um, like, I don't think he, he didn't take a shot um, in their last game. Like that can't happen. Um, and, you know, they just lost, you know, any hope of getting, you know, extra role players because this team isn't deep enough. Well, they just lost two out of their three remaining second round picks in the tampering investigation. So they basically traded two seconds for Tucker and House, um, which like, and use their exceptions on them. So, you know, not like phenomenal value there um, on a team that really needs to be working the edges. And, you know, I don't think they're good enough right now. Like they haven't shown that they're good enough. And Boston seems to have picked up where they left off. I mean, they just won the conference and they continue to look great. They can, and that they're playing, they just killed the Hawks, a team we just split with and, you know, looked really bad against in one of the games. Yes, without Harden, but still killed the Hawks. Before the airplane thing. So, you know, one of them, you know, but, one of them was, yeah. yes, but they killed the Hawks. So they didn't have, still don't have Robert Williams. They didn't have Marcus Smart. They didn't have Malcolm Brogdon. They're on a, they have a coach who just took over like right before the season started and it doesn't matter. They win, they keep winning yeah. and the Sixers don't. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like there's always like, I could come up with a reason for a bunch of Harden's out, whatever, but they weren't winning when Harden was in and bead was struggling. Like I'm still waiting for the two of them to like, you know, they look good together because they're both really good. And it's not like the Ben and, and, and bead thing where it's like, they just don't fit and everyone's pretending they do and stuff like they fit much better than that. But, like, you know, the team in general, and I'm not blaming the two of them, but hasn't, you know, since Harden got here, it's not like they've been phenomenal, right? They, they didn't do that well in the playoffs, and they've struggled in the regular season. And, like, part of it is they're not deep enough, and, you know, part of it is, you know, the, the guys who are their rotation players, like, still don't give them a lot of stuff consistently. Um like, I mean, you're not getting offense from Tucker. Um, and Maxie's really struggling. And, you know, they're they're kind of too slow with their starting lineup, um, especially when Harden's back. And it just seems like a really poor job team building. And I'm not going to, like, uh, I'm not going to get all worked up about how good Bassie and Joe look and whatever. I mean, it's probably on both Doc and Daryl. Um, but, like, just... When it comes down to it, 
Carl hasn't done a good enough job building this team. And I find it hard to, and I'll still watch the games and, you know, I'll still root for the team. And I still think that they can, you know, win games, but the way they are right now, they're not as good as the Celtics. And like, I don't want to be like a big downer on the whole season because of that. But like, if we're being realistic, like we've wanted this to be a championship team. That's been the goal for years. Every year it hasn't been, has been a disappointment. And it's hard to talk yourself into just lowering your expectations now. They don't look like a top team. And it's, it's just a bummer. And I hope they get it together. Things can change. We saw how things change with the Celtics in like, you know, in a blink, like things could change. And I hope they do. And I hope that they, you know, maybe get a big acquisition. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, who knows who knows where this season is going? Any lots of things can change, but it's just disappointing that it doesn't feel like they're there. Um, it's just it just feels like more of the same, and it, it it's almost hard to get your hopes up when you know where this team seems to be headed. Emily, um, what was the question? I feel like that went in like eighty-five million know. direction. I don't know. The question um, was your optimism or pessimism on the team you know are you yeah are you pessimistic that after a couple of wins wasn't like fired yeah. and right or and you're like it doesn't look like doc's getting fired anytime soon yeah i mean it doesn't look like doc's getting fired anytime soon um i don't know that i thought that he was gonna get fired ever anyways um they just really seem to be riding with him so i'm just gonna choose to focus on you know what i see on the court and what I've seen on the court recently is good. Like, I mean, we've never, outside of the Jimmy Butler team, we've never had a roster that's like constructed well and that like fits. So we've been optimistic other years and we're just, you know, have to ride with what we've got. Um, if they can keep winning, that's great. It's still early in the season. I'm just like, I don't really have a feeling one way or the other. I just think it's too early in the season. We don't really know what this team is yet I don't think they know what they are yet I hope that this is them kind of starting to figure it out but I don't think they're there yet anyways yeah I think that overall I'm probably closer to the Emily feeling of waiting and seeing than than Dan's like I don't feel I've seen the sentiment online that like Daryl didn't build a good roster, but I do feel like two months ago, everybody was like, what a roster. Daryl had a like slam dunk off season. Um, this is the best team maybe Joel's ever had. Um, you know, like everybody was like, everybody was talking like that. So, you know, we're 14 games in there, seven and seven. Um, now, of course, if Tucker sucks and if, Daniel House only has sex and doesn't play basketball. Like if these things are true, then then maybe we're in trouble, of course. Like, you know, Daryl has to be like a guy who suffers the consequences of results that happen. Like that that, that might not be fair, but that that's just what happens. Um, I don't I'm not super panicking about Tucker. You know, I'm not Daniel House. I have chosen to enjoy him, whether he plays well or plays poorly. I just I I enjoy him. Um so, you know, I'm, I'm in wait and see mode mostly. I worry more when like Joel is looking like shit or when Harden looks like shit. Um, and I 
big time worry about Doc when we get to the playoffs for sure. Um, and I wish that Boston would lose ever. I wish, like, I, I get enraged when I see them winning every single game. Um, but I guess I don't yet find myself feeling like this roster is screwed, you know. Um, but I do wish they had a small forward. Like, I wish that the team had a starting small forward. Um, but I don't know if there was a, like, Harris trade to be had out there that didn't just make us worse, you know, quantitatively. Um, but I don't know, you know, like, I, I guess I'm just not there yet to be like, the roster isn't good. I'm always ready to, you know, rail against Daryl and think that people never blame him. But I don't think that I'm there yet in terms of like, the roster is flawed. Um, I guess well, it's certainly not perfect. But yeah, I mean, and I understand a lot of the guys they they brought in, like the ideas that they play well off of Harden, but like, Harden's not gonna play 48 minutes. And you know, like all the money they're giving Tucker for him to not take a shot in the last game, like, and and really like he hasn't been a consistent offensive player for him. Not that I expected him to be a 15 point a game guy, but like I expect him to take the corner threes when they're there and open. And, you know, I expect him to be a more consistent defender. I mean, he looks that's that would be my bigger. He thing is that I don't think the defense has looked excellent. And that's the one thing that I care about, honestly, with him, because he's still making like 45% of the threes he does take. The The thing for me is like, I'm, he's getting blown by a bit. And it's like, boy, you really yeah. have to do the thing that you're supposed to be excellent at. Yeah. And he's not yet. Now, maybe he's just warming those old legs up. And yeah. we'll see. But, but I mean, you know, there is relevant concern with aging, right? Like two oh, years ago, Two years ago, you know, it was a big deal that he, you know, and obviously you're not going to ever shut down Durant. Durant had a great series, but Tucker made things tough on him, you know, yeah. made him work. And that was a big deal. And, you know, he was considered a big part of that heat defense um, that was very good. And um, he, he's, he looks bad. Like he's not playing, you know, and yeah, he has some good play. He has good hands. Um and you know he's he's pretty he's decent in like re recovery under the basket. He's an okay. You know he's a, he's a decent rebounder, but he is getting blown by. And like you worry, like is he like you know is it, are are his hips not moving? Is he too slow? Like those things go down with age. He's thirty seven now, and we have him till he's thirty nine. So yeah, it's we'll see. But that worries so, me. That that is my biggest worry. Totally, totally um today james harden uh practiced um at sixers practiced and afterwards he said i feel good he's on pace uh and that would on pace would be like the one month timeline which we put him right at the beginning of december to return he says that he's been running on the anti-gravity treadmill what does that mean he's just suspended in air i don't understand how it works and do emily you probably have these machines do you and doing pool workouts, um, he has taken. He doesn't know what you do. He has taken. He has taken. He has taken off the boot and started to take jump jumpers. So he is progressing along. Um, he doesn't look like he's seven hundred pounds. All good news. Um, uh, I know Emily misses the fat suit. It would be fun if he put the fat suit back on just for his media availability while he's uh, doing this and then took it back off when it's time to play. Surprise. 
Yeah, exactly. It's and it's not far away from Halloween. It'll be fun. Um, any any comments on that other than get well soon, James? Need him. Need him. Oh, great. Keep need him back. Need him, Massachusetts. Hmm? What do we think of that? That's fun. Is that a place? Yeah. All right. Emily knows it, right? You work there. Great. What? All right. I don't get there was a there was a Ben Simmons article that uh, I feel like we do need to touch on. Did you guys read this? I know Dan must. Emily, you did not. Did you see that it existed? Um, I think I saw like the headline. The okay. only Simmons thing I saw this week was that uh, Joel scored more points in two nights than he mm-hmm. scored all season, which I enjoyed. So uh, there has been, uh, there was a, Joel scored more at the time in one game than he scored all season. It was like yeah. 59 to 49. It was great. Um, Shams had a uh, story that came out the day after uh, the uh, Nets got blown out by the Kings. And Shams said, there has been building frustration surrounding Nets star Ben Simmons, availability and level of play, sources to say, and then Simmons responded to Shams. He goes to Shams to give him a, a handful of quotes and said, I get the skepticism, but I think one thing with me is that I'm a competitor. How, I don't understand how that's a response. And also saying I get the skepticism from my teammates that I'm even injured is like, why do you get the skepticism? Shouldn't you be outraged that your current teammates think you're not even injured? Like, how is the one thing with him that he's a competitor? He was just on a contender last year and sat out the whole year because he didn't want to play. That's not competitive. So, uh, according to multiple sources with direct knowledge of the situation, the frustration surrounding Simmons has been building in recent weeks with the organization. The coaching staff and players have been concerned about his availability and level of play with some questioning his passion for the game. Um, Even when he did play, Simmons' struggles in the first nine games this season were part of the Nets' frustration as well. Uh, Simmons just goes right to the athletic and says, you're obviously not going to be happy when anybody's out, but for me, I've been dealing with the knee since the start of the season. It's been swollen. I had PRP injections. I had blood drained a couple of times. So it's not a made-up thing, you know? It's a real thing. Uh, I want to win and play. I'm going to do what I can to get out there. There's only so much I can do about the perception. You can't make people believe, you know. They weren't there when I was on the floor and couldn't walk because of my back. Uh, They weren't there when I was in an ambulance getting taken away, getting taken to the hospital. People weren't there, so they don't know. Uh, This was the first episode I had That was the first episode I had against Milwaukee. That was the first trigger of it right before COVID, the start of my back issues, but that's part of my journey. There's times when I couldn't walk. I had a dead foot. I think it was just asleep. Couldn't sleep. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on with me physically to where it was tough, but there's only so much I can say for somebody to believe, you know? So obviously it's bad news bears that his teammates are questioning his availability well i mean i don't know if he's hurt like there's nothing he can do about like recovering from well he says that his back is fine he says that his back is fine but his knee hurts him 
Now, he might be saying that his back is fine, but he's not fully back. Like, you know, who knows? It takes a while to recover. Um, he's playing like shit. So uh, his teammates are uh, frustrated that he's playing so poorly, and they were told that he's a virtuoso point guard. Um, he's coming off the bench uh, and playing a lot of backup center. He's fouling a lot of people. Um, but the fact that it's so widely known right now that his teammates are so frustrated with him and that Ben is just going directly on record to a reporter and combating these reports can't be like the move. I don't understand who in his camp is telling him to do this, but like he should just shut up and work and like just handle it in house and stop talking. Well, that's like the story of his camp, right? Is that they right. say things to the media that make things worse. So not a surprise. What do you think of it? Well, I just want to say, you know, my favorite part of the article was when Shams multiple times wanted to emphasize that Ben, even though they did lose by 30 to the Kings, Ben did just have his best game in a really long time, scoring 11 points, which mm -hmm. Shams points out was the most points he scored since June of 2021. So I think that's phenomenal. Um, and I'm sorry, no, since, yeah, since June of 2021, um, which is obviously more than a full season ago. He didn't play at all last season and he played so bad uh, to start this season. Uh, so I find it interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was bad. It's a, it, and I'm not, I think it's a bad look if Ben's teammates are going to the athletic to complain about him. Um, if he is, you know, hurt, I mean, he definitely has this knee thing, but, you know, I think the overall, you know, complaint that, you know, he's just not playing well and that basically he doesn't, really that he doesn't seem to like care enough, but that the passion's not there um, has been a thing with Ben like since college. And so um, I don't think it's surprising. I think that's a common theme. The fact that, you know, this is happening so quickly that people are being fed up so quickly probably has to do with the fact that, you know, yes, he was talked up, but he is generally a cocky person and that he's not playing well enough to back it up. So it doesn't really fly. Um, and he's on a team that, you know, is getting a lot of attention because they have a superstar and they're expected to be able to win. And he's in their minds, not pulling his weight with that. So, um, obviously he is nowhere near the biggest mess on that team, but he, uh, is still a fun one to talk about for us because, uh, he's a former sixer and yeah, I just, I mean, what else is new here? I mean, it does remind me of last year in the playoffs, Brooklyn was, you know, about to play, or was playing Boston in the playoffs, and uh, great, and it was about to be game four, and, and they're all saying Ben's going to play game four, and like two hours before the game, it's like, oh, he's not playing. He's not. Left, you know. left the group chat. Well, yeah, that wasn't true, but, right. you know, uh, he just didn't play. Now, obviously, there are other things at play with probably that particular point in time, but it's just has to go 
with how his teammates are thinking of him because those are many of the same teammates and it's just an issue. Uh, Emily, your thoughts now having heard uh, a lot of the article. Um, I mean, it's none of it is surprising to me. I feel like this is a lot of the same stuff that was happening with Ben when he was here and not playing. Um, I mean, yeah, he's playing there, but not well. Like it was all like through the media, through people. He doesn't ever seem to like have close relationships with his teammates or like care about those relationships that much. It's kind of just like between him and I think he just cares a lot about like people's perception of him and like what he looks like to the outside world. Um, so I don't think that's like the best way if you're trying to like gel with the new team and like win games and build camaraderie and chemistry but I mean he, he seems to think it's working for him so far so I don't know about that but so the other Nets update and this this will uh transition a bit into our predictions and standings and all of that is that Kyrie Irving uh sounds like it will he will be back um uh as soon as Sunday for the Nets um the Nets said uh here are six things you need to do uh, in order to come back and prove that uh, you're not anti-Semitic. You need to uh, meet with a Jew. You need to uh, meet with a few more Jews. You need to take a course on uh, Jews not being evil. And he said, yeah, I don't want to do that. And they said, all right, well, you ready to come back? And he said, sure. So he's coming back and uh, he's going to be, Sounds like he's going to come back Sunday because somewhere in this, he became the victim in the scenario and he was wrongfully suspended somehow. I don't totally follow it, but uh, Dave Chappelle has a lot to say about it, apparently. And uh, it's great. And so, yeah, it looks like Kyrie will be in Philadelphia on Tuesday uh, when the Nets come to Philly to play the Sixers. Um and my question for you guys is, will Ben Simmons play uh, on Tuesday as well? Emily. I mean, he, I, he has to. I mean, he doesn't yeah, have I think, to. I think so. But, like, going off what I said again, like, that he cares so much about what people think. Like, it'll be a much bigger story if he doesn't play than if he does, even if he plays poorly. So... I feel like he has to play. He does have a, li a lingering like knee thing that, that has been now happening for a few weeks. So he could pull up lame on that over the next couple of days, but you would think he would want to be out one of the next few games. So it's not just, he plays every game and then he's out Tuesday. Dan, you seem to be thinking that he's not going to play Tuesday. Listen, maybe he plays, but like, if you had to, if I had to bet on it, I would say he doesn't play. Like, I don't think he wants to. I think that he certainly doesn't. Want to I think that he's scared to, and and he will get fouled if he plays here, and he will go to the foul line, and he will miss his foul shots, and he might melt down. Like, I I don't think he, I don't think he's gonna play. I don't, and oh, I man. hope he does. I think it would be awesome. Um, but I don't I don't think he will um I you know it would be it would be a fun thing to you know have everyone get to boom and stuff but I would just be surprised 
I mean, if the Nets get in the bonus, would they do hack to Ben? Like, or is that legit? Ben won't be, ben wouldn't be in the game. They would pull him out if they get oh, in the bonus. Yeah, I mean, he's already he's already a bench player as is. Yeah, he's only playing. They're not going to leave him out there to risk that. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ben probably wouldn't drive to the basket to risk that. Like, but no, no I'm I, saying hack event where they just no, no I know, but I'm it. saying on top of that, I don't see Ben putting himself in a position to drive to the basket and fa- get fouled during the game. And just be but the if there's ball. a hack event yeah. possibility, I mean, because it's not this isn't like where you have the real debate where it's like Ben is, was an all star this year and now the Hawks are fouling him, but he's you know, you know, he's the guy you have on Trey Young. What do you do? This is like, yeah, this is a guy who's been bad all year. And on top of that, is shooting below 50% from the foul line. It's not a what do you do. It's okay, let's get him out. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll get to that game in a second. But uh, last week, yeah, so we already talked the Sixers won both games over the weekend. I certainly predicted them to lose twice and then fire Doc. Neither thing happened. Emily, update us on the uh, standings. I am getting shithoused, that's for sure. But just give us an yeah. update, please. Do you guys remember what you picked last week? I picked uh, two losses. Okay. I picked one and one. And so did you, Em. No, I picked two wins. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, so, I am seven and seven. Dan is seven and seven. And Steve is four and ten. Wait, Emily, are you seven and seven because you've only picked wins? No, so I picked some losses. I just okay. managed okay. to do it. Once I think she picked two losses and split them. <laughs> Wait, what did you? What did I you say? Four my... whole losses. Okay, so what did you say? My record is um, four and ten. Great. Um, all right, so I've got some catching up to do. This week, correct me if I'm wrong, but this week the Sixers on Friday sort of back to back. The schedule is all weird. We just had four off days this week. It's so yeah. strange. But on Friday, they started back-to-back. They have a home a home back-to-back, Milwaukee Friday night, and then Minnesota on Saturday. And then Tuesday, they start another back-to-back. That is your return of Ben Simmons and uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Brooklyn Nets at home, and then on the road uh, on Wednesday against uh, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so that's that. For which Lamelo is now back. Lamelo is now back. So that is four games, three of which are at home. They are uh, each of them. It's two sets of back to backs: Milwaukee, Minnesota, Brooklyn in a big one, and Charlotte. What do you have, Dan? So I have three and one with a loss to Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee. Um, has just been too good. Like they, they're eleven and three. They're they're kind of in the the Celtics boat of just like they're they're not really losing. Um, you know, we lost to them at you know full strength, quote unquote. Obviously, Joel had about as bad of a game as you'll see him have. But you know, they were playing not at full strength either. Um, and you know, I think that that's just too tough of a game without Harden. I think. You know, they'll probably play them tough, but they they don't think they have the they don't have the the men to keep up. You know, they're 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 too shorthand. Um so yeah, and then like I said, I think they win the rest. I think that you know, I think they beat Minnesota. Minnesota's had their own struggles this year. Mm-hmm. Um I think they beat Brooklyn just because I think Brooklyn's a, a bit of a mess. Um and 
then I think they beat Charlotte because Charlotte's bad. Um, obviously, Lamelo's back, but I'm not. I don't think Lamelo really changes that Charlotte is bad. I think I don't think he actually changes. They're still really bad even with him. So <laughs> that's my pick. Emily. Yeah, and not just. I'm not saying this just to keep with Dan. I had it written before. I'm gonna say they lose to the Bucks, and then they win against Minnesota, Brooklyn, and Charlotte. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say four wins. Okay. Yeah, to I'm gonna, I think yeah, I, th- I think they get over the Milwaukee hump with the way. Jo- I think Joel's gonna, you know, parlay his big weekend into another uh, another good performance. Like you know, he was terrible against Lopez uh, the last time they played in the second game of the year, and I think that he. Uh, he rebounds in this one and, and has a big day. And I honestly, on some level, think it will help to not have Maxi and Harden guarding um, Milwaukee in this time and more Melton minutes, things like that. So that's what I've got. All right. Big thank you again to Alexander for coming on. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, best of luck to him. And we hope to have him on again in the future. Uh, again, you can follow him if you aren't already at Alex Icon Tom on Twitter. Uh, Steve J. Littman, uh, Gastro Blues Pod, Third and Girl, um, the Gastro Blues Pod, a Sixers podcast. Hey, if you've been live streaming with us, thank you for doing that. DA Pelts 13. Um, what did I say? No, you, I just said, oh, I just said that. You said the name, but not on YouTube. Thank you. And that's it. Thanks for doing this, everybody, and uh, be safe and be great. Good stuff. Bye. Bye.